Welcome to Raising Hail, the podcast nobody asked for but everyone needs by best friends turned partners turned parents. I'm Samantha McKinnon. And I'm Brandon Hale. And we're on a mission to remind you that no one has their shit together. Join us each week to get unsolicited advice from two non-experts on things we all go through. Think about this as your one-stop shop for raw, approachable, and sometimes uncomfortable takes on parenting, love, and life. We do not know what we're doing, and we want you along for the ride. Hello, and welcome back. Bonjour. Bonjour. Wow. You are bilingual and wear glasses now. I wear glasses. So sophisticated. I'm a cool guy. <laughs> Rolls eyes. <laughs> eyes get stuck in the back of head. It's because my eyes are sore from wearing glasses now. Well, imagine how much compensating your eyeballs have been doing your whole life. Men just typically compensate for everything. I'm, I don't know how to take that. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> I also think, like, in general, you need to stop making these, like, sweeping generalizations about, like, different people of the population because I smell a lawsuit. So, just relax. We're not that cool. We might be. <laughs> well, if we're that cool, then we don't have to worry about it. Okay. <clears throat> Oh my god. I'm sorry, what We're do you like want me to seconds do? In. Okay. <laughs> Let me just tell everybody listening. You may from time to time hear a, a voice clearing noise because Brandon has what the medical professionals are calling an extraordinary anatomy. And he often, as in almost always, has to be like clearing his throat. And I am gonna do my best to try to edit as many of them out as well, possible. For your sake, it might not be for much longer. So. What? Okay. That's fine. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I may die. <laughs> <laughs> this escalated so quickly. Let's get back on track. Welcome back to this episode of Raising Hail. We are talking about. <laughs> we are talking about the big, the big M word, and yeah. no, it's not marriage, and no, it's not merriment. It is, in fact, miscarriage. So, before we get into it, I will go ahead and give a, a trigger warning, if you will, that this episode contains discussion of miscarriage, of pregnancy loss, of grief. Um, potentially of therapy, of depression, that sort of thing. Uh, and so we do ask, of course, that you proceed with caution and feel free to skip this episode. If it is hitting too close to home, you can feel free to come back at a later time or not at all. We are good with either. So with that, I guess we'll dive into it and uh, go from talk the top. about what other people don't talk about. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my M.O., honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so generally, my approach to life in, ge in, in, in general, <laughs> truly. So, what I will say is that this is our experience. And so, we're not speaking for everyone, of course, that has experienced miscarriage and pregnancy loss or loss of a child. 
No, but you may experience similarities or be able to relate. True. And it might not, you might not feel as alone because of it. Right. I hope that is the case because I can tell you in my experience, it was a very isolating feeling for sure. Mm -hmm. I think what was also really interesting, and I'm sure we'll get more into this as we progress through this discussion, but what was very interesting is a lot of the resources that I did find were very, um, for lack of a better term, like religious, like they were very much like, you know, trust in God and trust the process and like all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm sure for some people that is helpful and, you know, their faith is something that gets them through. I am not a religious person. So I really honestly wish that there were resources available that were more, you know, had more of like a therapeutic approach, had more of like a science-based therapeutic approach. Um, well, what would that look like? Well, I mean, I found it really weird, honestly, that so many of the resources I found were like, you know, like God will guide you through this time, which, okay, for, for some people, great. For me, I'm like, this fucking sucks. And <laughs> like, I, religion is not helping me. Like, can somebody just tell me about their experience of like being depressed? <laughs> and like, how do they got through that? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, let's, it's fine if that's your way to get through it, but we need a more, I don't want to use the word realistic. Well, right, because it's not like, you know, we're not setting out to offend anybody and we're not setting out to say like, oh, you know, religion isn't the way to get through things. Like if that is something that is important to you and your faith is important to you, great. But I'm just saying the information that I found that was kind of like readily available or like widely shared was very much, you know, like it's out of yeah. your control and it's in the control of like your, you know, higher being or whatever. And for me, it, it that didn't land. And I think because you're you find yourself um, because you are so in control of your life oh yeah it's a control thing like for when sure. something's out of control it's difficult for you well it's not even just that it's like <clears throat> you know I experienced a uh, you know a myriad of losses in my life um, you know some of which actually um, paved the way for me to go into grief therapy, you know, and I spent several years in grief therapy. And I feel as though when I did that, I learned a whole pile of coping mechanisms. I learned all sorts of different tactics and mechanisms and techniques to grieve health, you know, in a healthy way. Um, and what I found when I was looking for resources related to grief and miscarriage was that it was like it wasn't as cut and dry if that makes sense like it like because you know when you're grieving like the loss of a person like your aunt or your cousin or your grandparent or whatever like it's an actual person who was here and gone and with the loss of an unborn fetus baby you know whatever you're going to call it at that stage or whatever stage um 
it was so different because you're loss of well you're mourning the loss of something that never really existed but for some reason you it still had like an epic grasp on you emotionally Mm -hmm. and that's what i found was definitely missing from a lot of the information that i found going through it thinking like why do i feel this way and why does it feel like there's no way out and why are the like typical ways that i cope with grief like not working at all (laughs) and it's because that's like an atypical grief i would guess (laughs) or disenfranchised is really what the what the technical term is is a disenfranchised grief but this is not a psychology lesson so anyway that's that's kind of why we're talking about this let me get an incredibly short story long we're talking about this so that we can actually talk about things that so many people experience but don't actually talk about Mm -hmm. yeah and for the the partner who is not the carrier um it's difficult because you know like obviously you're sad because there's been a loss but you're not i don't want to say not as sad but it it's it doesn't hit you as hard because there was nothing physically growing inside of you mm. like nothing changed your hormones never changed all of that sort of stuff right mm. <clears throat> you didn't go through any of the ultrasound I mean, maybe you did. Maybe you did witness the whole, okay, it's not actually there. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one. I wasn't available for that point Or you couldn't time. go in anyway because yeah. of the panty, but yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to relate mm-hmm. being the person that's not the carrier. Yeah. Because it hasn't physically happened to you, the pain that mm-hmm. comes behind it as well mm-hmm. or like you know go in the bathroom one day and all of a sudden you're like oh that's not supposed to be like that yeah yeah definitely yeah it's interesting i think and obviously as we continue on through this episode you know you'll you'll share sort of your experience as the supporting partner to a pregnant person but i think we probably should kind of start at the beginning and one of the things that I wanted to talk about was this idea of like waiting till the 12 week mark to like share your pregnancy uh, with people. And I think, you know, again, this concept of talking about things that maybe people don't talk about, um, you know, for us, it was something that we had chosen to ignore the, the typical advice on, or, you know, whatever everybody's sort of safe best practice is. Um, but there was a reason behind that. Okay. Say more about that. Well, we knew something wasn't right. Well, that's interesting because I don't think that that's why we chose to tell people because we were telling, we had made a plan to tell immediate family when we did and decided to still tell them anyway knowing that something might be amiss yeah so i i would say that it wasn't because we had an inkling that something wasn't right it just so happened that leading up to the day that we had already planned to and Mm -hmm. then we made the decision to still Mm -hmm. share the announcement which you know 
as shitty as it was down the line, I would do that again. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think part of what went into that decision and why we did end up deciding to go with the original plan, even though we kind of had an inkling that something was not quite right, um, was because I knew for, at least for me and, and from my perspective, is it was gonna be important for me to have people that I trusted uh, knowing what was going on in my life. Um, you know, having struggled with mental health challenges in the past, um, and obviously doing a lot of like deep personal work <laughs> through various amounts of yeah. therapy, um, you know, I knew that I have a tendency to retreat totally inward and uh, to kind of like, you know, self destruct a little bit on the inside. And I think a lot of people probably are going to be surprised when they hear that. <laughs> but you know, I think for the most part, I I know that I present sort of this like stoic, uh, you know, have my shit together and sort of unfazed persona about like personal challenge. But I think I'm sure you can attest that that is not actually <laughs> the case. <laughs> Behind the scenes. Yeah day in the life you yeah don't want to see a day in this life <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know i think like i said it was i think probably one of the hardest calls i've ever had to make in my whole life actually was to call and tell my uh well i told my mother first uh sorry let me rewind that I'm trying to think of, it's a little bit of a blur, honestly. Yeah. So we, we announced this to our immediate family or whatever. We kind of gave them the caveat of it's very early and, you know, the levels aren't really where the level should be in terms of the H HGC yeah, they should or whatever. Be here at 12 weeks or eight weeks, whatever it was that we told them. And they were, they were, they were saying low. it was like a week or two weeks before. Yeah. And it and didn't line up because I tracked things so meticulously. Because you're so on the ball <laughs> neurotic yeah i was gonna say you can say what the real word is <laughs> um yeah and so i knew that that something wasn't right because i knew i knew that i was like eight weeks or whatever it was and it wasn't well, coming up as that did, is wasn't when you got your blood work done yeah when didn't she say no i thought somebody said something when you got your blood work done about the levels yeah oh yeah the doctor said oh you're you know you're not that far along and i was like wait what are you sure like read them again uh <laughs> and, and she that's... ate her shoe <laughs> what's that i said and then she ate her shoe ate her shoe oh, like put her foot in her mouth because she said something and probably shouldn't have no that he it firstly was the doctor so yeah oh no. i thought it was the girl that like did your blood test no or... they don't know anything off the hop mm. no it was the doctor i see Anyway, so... Uh, we're and, telling people. Yeah, well, and then, of course, we were like, okay, well, the levels aren't really, you know, there, so we'll keep you apprised, and uh, it started to kind of go downhill from there. To get into kind of the, you know, the graphic of it all without trying to, you know, make anybody toss their cookies, but I started uh, experiencing some light spotting. I 
uh, you know, over the next couple of days, it progressed to like a pretty heavy sort of bleeding situation. And, you know, I was on the, the phone with the doctor pretty well every other day. And he was kind of like, well, we just kind of have to see what happens. And, you know, we, we have to, yeah. well, we had, and, and his whole thing was, you know, there, any tests we're going to do now in terms of like what, what's available to us is blood work. We already know that it's a confirmed pregnancy. Um, and the, the only way really that we'll know for sure what's happening is the imaging, which was happening, I want to say it was at like the, the, I don't know if it was the eight or the 10 week mark or something like that. I can't remember now off the top of my head, but. I think it's eight. Yeah, I can't remember. Eight so. strikes a number in my head. Yeah. And, uh, and then of course, as, as we know, and as everybody now will find out, I ended up going to that uh, ultrasound and the tech was like, oh, I'm, sh you know, uh, like I told her, you know, this is what's been happening just so you know, so you don't think I'm like totally nuts when there's nothing in there. Um, and uh, she was like, okay, whatever. Like rolled her eyes like, what a weirdo. Um, and then she, uh, she said, well, yeah, you're definitely gonna have uh, the answers that you're looking for when the doctor provides the results, like, which was her so diplomatic way of saying like, yeah, you're 100% right. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember sneaking a peek at the screen when she walked out at one point, which I think she kind of did on purpose. Uh, and it was just empty and I, I knew. Mm -hmm. And I remember I drove home, I was driving along the highway and I called my mother to tell her and oh, well, you know, you don't really know what you're looking for. And I was like, yeah, I can Google, like, <laughs> I know there's nothing there. And, uh, you know, she was trying to be optimistic of course and whatever. So I think it was the next day or, or two days later, the doctor called with the official results. And so obviously I called, you know, I called my parents and I think the hardest call that I've made in my probably in my whole life was to call and tell my dad and i don't know why that was honestly i feel like telling my mom was easier telling my dad i felt like so just disappointed and i didn't want him to be not that he would be disappointed mm -hmm. but you some, know they wouldn't be but no it still feel like well, you know, there was an element of they were they were excited, right? Yeah. They were it was their first grandchild and whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I remember I got off the phone with my dad, and I just was a wreck, just a wreck. It was a very short phone call because <laughs> I had to go. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was yeah, by far to up to this point in my life, that was the hardest call I've made, I think, for sure. But you know what? I would do it all again the, the exact same way. And we yeah. did do it all again the exact same way. Mm -hmm. um, because to me... Remember, like, it would be, it'd be harder to not have told anybody and then put yourself through... Sorry, that's not the right way to say it. But go through a miscarriage alone. Well, not, not alone because hopefully you have somebody that's along for this journey that you're taking with you, mm -hmm. right? And there's that person with you, but when two people are sad, it's very hard to, like, be okay. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because it's just a big house of s sadness. Yeah, like you <laughs> run out of tissues very fast. <laughs> Costco trips are necessary. Yeah, and I think... I think... I, I didn't realize it at the time going through it 
you know, after got the official call to say, yeah, you know, it was a miscarriage and, you know, really sorry. Like the doctor was obviously very sympathetic and whatever, yeah. but I just was kind of like, yeah. okay, cool. Like, thanks for the call. And, um, it really wasn't until I like started looking back on it, you know, in the last, well, yeah, I guess it's been going on now too. It's, this is the second year since it happened and so i feel like over the last let's say 10 to 12 months or so looking back on it i really didn't realize like how fucked up i was after the experience Mm -hmm. honestly like i just i just was going through the motions and i i really only realize now looking back that i was like not okay (laughs) no you realize that you were not okay you did know. Well, yes, you're right. Because I did end up going into some intensive therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you did, you, yeah, you did shut down. I think there were a couple of days where you just laid in bed all day. Yeah. That sounds about right. How did you feel being, like, the support in that? Well, going back to what I said of like, it didn't, it didn't happen to me. Like as much as it did happen to me, but it wasn't like physically happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I was sad, but I couldn't relate. Mm-hmm. And it made it so much harder to be, um, to be like empathetic because I couldn't, I didn't know how you felt. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. Like as much as you told me, it's like, okay, I like like words can only go so far well and i don't even really know that i explicitly told you i think i just like cried yeah. <laughs> like yeah. for nights and nights and nights <laughs> yeah like I, me- I remember when it like was relatively fresh and and i was still set on you know having a, a baby not this time around because I knew it wasn't happening this time around, but you know, in the future when we got through it together and mm-hmm. when you were ready to start up trying again, um, I was ready. So I was still reading the book that you got me. No. Like, how did, what was it called? How to be a... Dude, you're going to be a dad or I don't yeah, know, Yeah, the something. book you threw at me. Yeah, I was reading that and then you started crying and I was like... I probably shouldn't be reading this right (laughs) next to you. Yeah. And then I was like, okay. Like, I knew it wasn't good. But I didn't know until that point. Like, it was was not good. (laughs) Like, we were not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being distracted at work because I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, a couple days off. No, I just like, I'd be at work thinking about, like, you were so sad, and I couldn't figure out why. Well, I knew why, but it was like, I'm not as sad. Should I be? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think to your point, you know, being the person who was pregnant, for me, the sadness, I mean, again, came from this idea of, you know, having this expectation and like this timeline of, you know, what was going to happen. And 
I think for me at least, and this again is just my experience, is I felt this overwhelming disappointment that I had like done something wrong, that my body had failed me, that, um, you know, one of the big things was, am I too fat to carry a healthy pregnancy, Mm -hmm. frankly? Um, you know, and, and I, like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know all the science behind it, but like, is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. You know, at, at that time, I know now that that is not, not the case. You know, many people who are fat people get pregnant mm-hmm. and, you know, have cool. Clearly I had a baby, you know what I mean? So that was a thing, you know, I felt such like shame about that, about how I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like my body is supposed to do this. Yeah, like you're doing everything right on your end, but then it's Oh still... yeah, like I was off the sauce, you name it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like <laughs> rule number one. <laughs> no, but you were taking, uh, what's it called, materna? Yeah, the, the prenatal vitamin, yeah. Vitamin D and everything that the friggin' book says for you to do. Yeah, and it just didn't work out. It it's just, like when you, well, I don't know if this is a, a, a very good, um, what's it, a simile when you compare? Not a simile. Analogy? Sure. <laughs> like when you study real hard. Mm-hmm. It's like cheating for a test and still failing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I did all the things yeah. right and it's still <laughs> literally a fucking like, disaster. Yeah. 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 And it was, it was weird. And for me, like, listen, let's cut to the chase. I don't fail at a lot of things. Honestly, I achieve. That's what I do. That's what Except I've always math. done. I mean, math was not my favorite for sure, but I never did actually fail. Um, but I, that and I mean that's <laughs> rightfully so or not is such a huge part of like my value, my self worth, my personality. Like I am known to get the shit done, do the shit extraordinarily. That's why you have your own business. That's well, why you've been around for the three years you've had the business. Yeah, thank you for the plug. But um, that's not the point. The point is, is that it was like. Truly one of the most catastrophic things I have ever experienced knowing that I felt like I failed in every sense of the word for reasons that I could not explain. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a rough go for sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, um, you know, did lead me to writing what ended up being one of my most widely shared blog posts in the history of every blog that I've ever written, right? And it it literally was just my experience in processing this disenfranchised grief. Um, the, and, and for me, it was the grief I couldn't rationalize. There was no way for me to think about this in a way that made sense in my mind because it, it just never would. It never would make sense. This idea of, I was going to be a mom and now I'm not. Mm -hmm. This idea of, you know, literally my body has failed. Uh, There was a positive and now there's nothing. Um, and, And this whole idea of like never knowing what that pregnancy and what that, you know, baby would have turned into or who they would have been 
the questions that came with that and that's you know essentially what the article was about and it's still being shared two years later um you know it's it's my most read viewed um thing and i did not expect the response that i got oh it's crazy like when i remember going to my chiropractor and he's like oh how are things i'm like well since you're kind of my therapist at the same time and i told him and he was like yeah you know it was crazy um i think he said his his mother-in-law went had one and just like nobody talks about it mm. nobody says anything oh you know I mean, I guess they don't want to scare you out of having children or whatever, but the reality of it all is, is these things are real. They well, happen. It's, it's and like one in four, like literally one yeah. in four. Um, yeah, I, I got so many messages, text messages, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, like from people I went to elementary school with, girls I went to elementary school with who were like, I literally just also had a miscarriage. Like, you don't know how much I needed to read this. Like, thank you. And I was like, you're welcome. What is happening? Like, my phone was lit up. It was like every minute some notification was coming through. And I actually had to, like, turn everything off for, like, a couple weeks. Like, for two weeks, I was like, I went black. I was I like... I remember you saying that to me. Because, don't get me wrong, you know, the fact that it was starting conversation, the fact that people felt like they could open up to me and share their experience, like, all of these things were so welcomed, for sure. I just didn't realize, like, that it would come in droves. Like, I thought, oh, maybe one or two people will read this, and one or two people will resonate with it like countless I, I literally couldn't tell you how many yeah. it was it was dozens and dozens and dozens and you know people obviously were sharing it and the people who were sharing it you know would like tag me in it or whatever so people were commenting on their posts so i was just like being bombarded by this like outpouring of support people sharing their experience yeah you know commiserating um and it just it was so so unexpected and it was really wonderful but like way too much yeah for sure yeah doing something like that is your way of decompressing your way of of getting your feelings out well i i know like for me as a person i process by talking things out loud mm -hmm. and i process by writing things and reading them out loud i have to hear them in order to process them yeah. i have to see them in order to process them and so that was a really uh you know pivotal point through the the therapy that i was doing at that time um that i really felt like i had kind of made like turned a corner honestly uh and that was a few several months after the miscarriage that i kind of felt like you know maybe this is something that I'm I'm now working through versus just being yeah. in this like depressed fog. I know you said that it was overwhelming when people were messaging you and whatnot, but did you feel uh, like you were digging out of the hole because you were, there were people who were in a position just like you? 
I don't know that I felt that way because of the other people. I think I felt that way more because I was going through the the processing mm-hmm. process mm-hmm. Um, that I know you know ends up working for me. I do think that there were honestly elements of of other people's stories and how how you know common it was but how much like there was people you know people in my my immediate family or not immediate family i should say but you know in my family or my family friends who were reaching out to me telling me about their experience that they hadn't and they literally said i had i never told anybody nobody in the family knows and i'm like shit Mm -hmm. that sucks because now you're hanging on to that. Well, I mean, what? Not you. Oh, the, the, person. the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was like, oh, I'll hang on to everybody's baggage. But um, no, because I, I felt sad for them. I'm, I was so sad yeah. for them because I was like, I knew that I would, I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, because I am, I am such an open book, really, mm-hmm. that I was like, I knew, I knew that I couldn't do that. And I was so glad that that was the route that we took because I couldn't imagine, like, and these are people whose kids are not much younger than me. So, you know, this is like almost 30 years worth of this grief that they've been dealing with, like basically by themselves. Yeah. And like, oh my God, what a gut punch. Honestly, that made me sad. Yeah. So I think that honestly was part of why I had to like step away from it all and kind of turn off all the notifications and like not be on my, my phone and like not answer anybody's message. I literally couldn't because I, I just felt so sad by how common it was, how many people had been carrying that, that grief and that, that heartbreak for so long. Well, that's what it is. It's so common that it happens, but it's also so common that nobody wants anybody to know about it. And it's like, like I said, these are things that people need to talk about. They need to to know that it's more common than you think so that when it happens, like it's not that it's going to make it okay, Mm -hmm. but it might make it better. Right. It might make it easier for you to understand. And I think that was like a really big problem from our perspective in that there was so much that we experienced after going through and after suffering that miscarriage and then several months later having another loss um you know there was so much that we experienced that were you know people said things or the way they acted or just things that that happened and we were like what the actual fuck like are you serious right now Mm -hmm. and then again it's because it's like maybe we don't talk about it enough that you know maybe people don't really realize like what is a nice and empathetic way to you know kind of approach somebody who's gone through that type of loss who's grieving that type of uh, you know, that heartbreak. And so, you know, I, there was, we have a, a big list here that we can definitely go through, but you know, this idea of just what we wish people knew mm-hmm. having now gone through it and like kind of how we can maybe, you know, like set you up for a little more success. And, you know, if your friend has a miscarriage or your sister has yeah. a miscarriage, whatever, you know, like how, how can you just be a, know be there for them? Go, yeah, like definitely you want to be there for them. But I mean, again, it's 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 exactly like what I said before. 
it's very hard to be empathetic if you don't know. I guess you just have to like recognize it, right? Like don't, if you know, if you know someone's going through or has gone through a miscarriage mm -hmm. most recently and there's something exciting that's happened in your life, mm -hmm. it's okay to share that exciting news, but like read the room number one mm -hmm. and number two, recognize what they're going through. Yeah. Let them know that you know there, that something has happened and that you are there for them. Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I found um, in all of the like research and you know browsing of different articles and, and things. One of the questions that gets asked that I've seen the most is f like people who have friends who have miscarried, who are now pregnant themselves, and they want to share their announcement with their friend who has experienced loss and they're like at a loss for how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's an element of, you know, you want to tell them your exciting news, of course, but you want to be sensitive to the fact that they've just had their heart ripped out. Yeah, because if somebody's just gone through a miscarriage and it's like you're rubbing it in their face, it might seem that way to a specific individual. Right. Yeah, you don't and know how they're going to take yeah, it. It's and not I a think, really good way of wording it, but... Yeah, I think... For at least for me, you know, I wouldn't feel like somebody was rubbing it in my face, but I would definitely feel sadness because they're now experiencing something that I was supposed to experience or was on my way to experiencing or whatever that looks like. And I do feel like, you know, in my, at least in my opinion, you know, I think sending a text message is the best way to do it, honestly. Uh, because it gives the person space to react in their own time, mm -hmm. in their own, the comfort of their own home. Um, you yeah, know, even, yeah, like, well, even the timing that you send it, like maybe yeah. send it when you know they're at home, right? Yeah. Like when they're not at work or, you know, whatever. There's that. I think also if you're sending a message, um, you know, you like, like acknowledge what they've been through, you know, like sure you've got some exciting news and obviously if if they're friends with you or whatever they're gonna be happy for you like i am happy for for people who have experienced you know pregnancy and i was happy for them at that time you know when i was dealing with a miscarriage and the loss after a miscarriage and, and grief and whatever but you know if you if you can acknowledge that experience and i don't know maybe you say something like hey, I have some news that I want to share with you. I want to acknowledge what you've been going through and let you know that I am here for you, but I wanted you to hear this from me. Mm -hmm. This is what, this is, you know, I'm excited to tell you that blah, 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 whatever. And, you know, I would even say in the message, no response required, take the time to process. I'm here if you want to chat or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because again, it's like, <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It doesn't have to be all about the person who's experienced the loss. Like, that's not the point here. But it's like, this is a human being who literally has gone through an epic sadness. So not acknowledging that is just, I think, makes it so much worse. What if somebody, what if, I guess if you don't know, like if that person was hanging on to it yeah that's one thing like that's what i'm saying if you knew if you knew that yeah. they had experienced that then then name it you know like definitely yeah. acknowledge that in your in your message to them or whatever 
uh, I would say definitely don't like blindside them at a, a function mm-hmm. and be like, oh, like, by the way, yeah. because like, if they're going to cry, they're literally crying in front of this entire function and that's terrible. <laughs> Nobody needs to be put in that situation. Yeah. But that was one of the questions that I saw the most. And I think it's, it's good that people are asking that because they're actually wanting to be careful about, or, you know, mindful and intentional about how they're sharing news, recognizing that somebody has gone through a really tough heartbreak and tough grief. That's just a good person though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's not a lot of them around. We were going to try to keep this a little more lighthearted, but uh, I guess let's just go full depresso. That's fine. Okay, next, the other thing that we wanted to talk about was how to support people who are navigating miscarriage or infertility. Don't tell them that it could be worse. Okay, I have a whole list of things not to say, (laughs) so we'll get to that in a second. So some of the things that we identified were to just make sure that they know you're there for them. And that doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, you're you're like telling them, oh, make sure you, you know, I'm, I'm here, like pour your whole heart out to me, like, say it check in on them check Mm -hmm. in on them like six months later check in on them on mother's day you know like i can't tell you how badly i wished someone would have been like are you good on mother's day the year like the the mother's day following the miscarriage which number one the month of may was the month that that baby would have been born and number two would have been my first potentially my first mother's day depending on when that baby was born Mm -hmm. and i can't tell you how desperately i wish somebody would have acknowledged or not not i mean some people did but just that people would have people close to me people in my life and i felt like it just kind of like flew under the radar and i felt really alone because of that for sure and you know people don't know what they don't know like it is what it is obviously i wasn't going around saying this is the toughest time of my entire life you know it wasn't like a big broadcast but you know if you're looking for ways to support people like check in 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 those moments check in on those events you know quick message goes a long way honestly the other thing that i would say also and this goes with like miscarriage or like any sort of loss or like challenging experience in life is to really just follow their lead when they're talking about that experience you know you don't need to pry you don't need to make unsolicited suggestions if somebody specifically asks you for your advice or if you've gone through something similar and you're talking about that and somebody specifically says oh like what did you do or how did you do that or what was your experience okay sure tell them but like probably don't you know like tell them they need to figure out what's going on before they run out of time or something like that. Like that's just You don't need to you don't need someone to fix your problems. Or you don't need to fix somebody's problems. Well that I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand is just because somebody is venting doesn't mean they're looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes they're looking for support or to be heard. heard. Yeah. Right. The other thing that Uh, I would probably caution people looking to support those going through miscarriage and loss would be to be mindful about like going MIA. Yeah. I feel as though one thing that I will remember probably until I die. And maybe this says a lot about me as a person that I just can't hold a grudge regardless there are people who i thought would be there for me there are people who i thought would like be checking in and be you know trying to arrange to hang out with me or 
just like actually be there and they weren't and i had expectations just based on our friendship based on our relationship up to that point um you know their prior involvement in my life and then it was like they were nowhere to be found and i i noticed that and i i I still feel that and i think you know and maybe this is (laughs) getting into the gossip of it all but for me it's like now that i have a baby when those people who fell off the face of the earth are coming back around it's so tough for me to be like yeah come on in because it's like where the fuck were you when things like went to hell in a handbasket get it when it's good that's what it that's what it is for me and so that's what i would say is that you know definitely experiencing a miscarriage or or any sort of pregnancy loss or any loss for that matter Mm -hmm. is no time for fair weather friendship like if you're a friend and you're in it like you're in it be in it you know because i like i said people will remember the people they thought would be there and they weren't and that's that's tough yeah. i don't i don't know honestly that relationships friendships can come back from that especially at least for me not not from the grief of a miscarriage like where were you so that's that's a piece of advice i would also say that one thing to consider too is that everyone's experience with grief whether miscarriage related or otherwise can be so different and the timing is different and the timing even of a miscarriage like when it happened how far along they were like it doesn't make it more or less difficult like it just depends on the person some people are able to work through a miscarriage they look at it like in a really scientific way oh you know this this pregnancy wasn't that far along you know this this baby didn't have or like organs like whatever i'm not going to get into the science of yeah. it because that's not what this is for but you know some people can get through it using that rationale and that mentality some people cannot and it still hurts even if it was only a few weeks along you know what i mean yeah so i feel like that's one thing that is kind of a misconception is like just because it was an early loss doesn't make it easier doesn't mean yeah. that it doesn't matter as much um and so that i think is something to be cognizant of too yeah i think i said that at the beginning like just because it was eight weeks along or 12 weeks along or you know what is it how long is the term 39 weeks mm-hmm. what is it yeah 40 weeks 40 weeks yeah or if it was the 37th week like i don't imagine any of them are going to feel any better than the last one than the other yeah none of it's good mm-hmm. for sure yeah. <laughs> well you put the image in your head right you take the test you see that it's positive and you're like okay life is about to get fucking real mm-hmm. shit's about to change around here mm-hmm. yeah you go through such an adjustment in such a short period of time and then you experience a loss and it's like oh okay mm-hmm. like i had it and it was like in an instant yeah. it was gone yeah. Which is like, I think that's kind of what makes it the grieving process, uh, you know, specifically difficult, at least for me. You know, it wasn't like I had a whole, almost a whole lifetime with someone and then watched them sort of slowly fade away or whatever. It was like they're kind of there, not really there, gone, you know, in a matter of moments. Yeah. Right? Like I said, you paint the picture, right, of what 
what life's about to be like. And you're like, okay, well, scrap that. That's on the cutting room floor. Yeah, I feel like that was such a struggle for me personally because I always felt like, you know, the fact that I had started wrapping my mind around being a mother at that time, yeah. you know, getting that first positive test. You and then think about it until well, you you should think about it before you you decide that you want to have a child about what being a mother is to you or father right. or a, right. A I mean, guardian. you know, in the best case scenario, sure. Yeah. But you know, I started to wrap my head around that and then then I wasn't and you know, I reflected on that this Mother's Day, having, you know, actually having a baby Earthside. And I really realized that, you know, the the heart-wrenching feeling that I felt truly at that time could only be indicative of a mother. And I didn't think of myself as a mother at that time because there was nothing there. Mm-hmm. But I struggled with that it's like well i'm not a mother but there's nothing because there's nothing there but there's nothing there and now i'm like distraught and i feel like truly only a mother could feel that way could feel that amount of like truly sorrow yeah you know and so i think that's because you wanted it you wanted the baby well and i mean you wanted that and it didn't matter if it was 12 weeks or 20 weeks yeah. or well, however many, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, too, as you alluded to earlier, there's some things probably to not say to people who have experienced a miscarriage or a loss like this. Is there any that come to your mind off the top of your head? Well, we've already said it. Like, oh, it could be worse. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, no, because either which way you slice it, the baby's still not there. Mm -hmm. It's a miscarriage. Yeah. And I, like, I just don't get, like, what is, what is worse? <laughs> like, I did yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Um, the other one I really hated was, like, everything happens for a reason. It's like, mm. fuck your reasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know i and uh, you know maybe this jesus is jesus christ will take care of you <laughs> not that we're bashing religion that's not the point of this but honestly and that's what we started off with right is like a lot of it was like you know trust trust god's plan and it was like um this is a terrible plan but anyway that's just one person's opinion, one person's experience. Another thing that drove me was, at least you know you can get pregnant. Like, fuck off. That's so helpful right now. Yeah, it's exactly what we want to hear. Like, yeah, good one. Good one. So I know I can, can get, get pregnant, pregnant, but, but can you can't you? stay pregnant. Yeah. You loser. Like, <laughs> that's what it felt like, honestly. As I bash my head off the table. So let me let me just tell you, be, like, if you're gonna respond to somebody who's experienced a loss, please don't start a sentence with at just least. Just don't fucking say anything. <laughs> no, you, this is what you say. That's the fucking worst. I'm here for you. That's what you say. Yeah. I'm here for you, and I'm sorry that that happened. 
That's that's it. Or don't say anything. <laughs> say something. Say something. Know. I feel like, like I said, there are people who I thought were going to be there for me, and they weren't. And I know, and I remember that. No, okay. What I'm saying is, like, be there for them, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you have to say anything. Okay. Yeah. You, you can sit in silence. It? Yeah. You can sit in silence and just be there for them. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and as we're like on the topic of things not to say, I think just as a general reminder, like probably avoid making comments about when people are going to have kids. Yes. Oh, when are the kids coming? Oh, when you guys have kids. Here's the thing. It, (laughs) Hmm. like... (laughs) (laughs) I have no words. I don't know what people actually think is going to come out of a a comment like that. How many times I like want to say, I don't know, my my testicles don't work. Well, that's like, what do, what do people expect? Yeah. What, what are you expecting to come from that? Because the best case scenario is that someone's going to be like, well, actually, since you asked, I'm pregnant. Thanks for ruining the way I was going to tell everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is that they've like been trying for two years and nothing is fucking working and they've had two miscarriages and maybe you don't know because you're not that close and probably shouldn't be asking when their kids are coming. Yeah. And then they have to say, well, actually, Karen, I had two miscarriages. So... You know, we're working on it. We'll keep you posted. Check the Facebook notifications. <laughs> you know, like like the best case is that you ruin their surprise if they are pregnant already. And the worst case is that you are putting your foot in your mouth in the worst possible way. <laughs> it's just... It's just none of your business. No matter who you are. I don't give a fuck if you're their parents. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just... It's none of your business because... Your your kids could not want kids. True. And now True. you're putting the pressure on them because now they know you want them to have kids, but they don't want to have kids. And now are they going to have kids because you want them to have kids? And what's that relationship going to be like with their kids? They're not going to want to fucking do anything with them because they didn't want them. They only had them because... Like societal you, pressure. Yeah. 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 I feel like (laughs) shut your fucking mouth and let people live their own fucking life. Yeah, a lot of feelings. You got got really spicy with your glasses. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, so there's that. (laughs) That's our advice. That's our advice on that. Before we totally end this in the worst way possible. Because it just went, it went, it went so south. And you were warned. It went. The it got so angry. Um, let's talk about. No, because you know what the, thing, the problem is. <laughs> Sorry. No, because we went out a couple, like a month or so ago. Okay. Okay. We were out with friends. Yeah. And I said, how did I word it? I asked them, "Are you guys planning on having kids?" I said that to my buddy. Do you think? Okay. You just said that was nobody's business. No, because we were on the com- on the topic of conversation. Okay. Somehow we were talking about maybe we we're talking about Colton. I don't remember. Okay. Oh, they were thinking about traveling. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I uh, no, I don't remember what the fuck it was, but I was just gonna say, you know, like, 
like you don't always know if you have time if that's the case that's all i was gonna say right right Right? yeah because we were always like oh yeah you know we'll get around to it kind Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. and i got to the point where it was like okay well what the fuck else are we doing Mm -hmm. we're in the middle of a panty you know everybody on tiktok's doing it (laughs) (laughs) but then it was like holy shit like we've tried for the last two years and now we're here yeah yeah so you just don't know how much time you have and i remember his girlfriend like looking at me sideways and i was like listen i'm on the same page as you that's why i just asked if they are if if it is on the table Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind because we've been there Mm -hmm. and she's like no 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 you know i just everybody asks us that question i said do they ask when are the babies coming or do they ask are they a plan of yours Mm -hmm. because there's a little bit of a difference there in my opinion I think it depends on the conversation, yeah. honestly. I think you have to follow people's lead. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And to your point, like if you're having a conversation about them, you know, traveling and trying to decide, you know, can we travel before we start a family or like whatever? And the question is, is our kids in, you know, in the cards for you? Is it something that you're looking to yeah. pursue? Whatever. Because some people might just be like, no, we don't want to have kids. There you go. There's your, when are the babies coming? Never. Yeah. Well, I think. Not I'm obviously not in that camp since I have one, mm-hmm. um, but I think that probably people and I could be speaking of turn, but I could imagine how it would be hard for people who have that 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 decision made to tell people because of the societal pressure that there is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe it's not even that easy, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're being bombarded by unnecessary, unsolicited questions about your like family plan. Yeah. You know, I just, I always think when it comes to things like that, that are really like truly only the business of the people who it involves, if it comes up in conversation and you can read that they're open to having discussion or answering questions about it, okay, fine. But to your point, if you're making a remark, oh, you guys are next. Oh, can't wait for the babies. Oh, this, that, and the other. It's like, next one. It's like, fuck, we just got one here. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I've said I've made a few remarks to that defect to people, but anyway, speaking of the needless one... to say, <laughs> don't fucking ask people. Mind your own business. Yeah. People will tell you if they want you to know. Yeah. Like, that's I think that's maybe what people really need to understand is like one way you... or another. Like if they've been trying and it's not working, they'll let you know. That's what I'm thinking too. You know, if they want you to know, they'll tell you. So just yeah. wait for them to tell you. Yeah. So. Okay, let's segue to pregnancy after loss. <laughs> Where do you start? Big sigh. Big sigh. No, it was like trying to shut my brain off from the conversation we were just having and turn it on towards this conversation. I didn't say it was a smooth segue. It's just, it's the last part of the notes here and we have to get to it. Let me, let me oh, start you off with something. Okay. In my personal experience, I felt like people kind of forgot about the miscarriages that, uh, that I had once that we announced that we were pregnant and then once Colton arrived. And I found that really interesting. 
You waiting for me to yeah, say Yeah, do you something? have a, th- a thought? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah. I think because, generationally speaking, some people don't like to talk about the bad stuff in the world. All I do is talk about my feelings. I know. I wasn't talking about my generation. <laughs> Why the fuck do you think we're making this podcast? <laughs> I just think that, yeah, people don't want to recognize the bad shit that's happened in life. And it's always, oh, I'm trying to protect you or whatever. Like, no, I think that uh, being real mm. is the better way to protect somebody. Well, I think when you, like, if you're trying to protect somebody or you're avoiding topics of conversation because they're uncomfortable, it really actually can come off as, like, more dismissive than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, or like just kind of inconsiderate. No. Yeah. You know, the par- part of my story will always be that I became a mother by way of heartbreak twice over. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like whenever you talk, like when Colton, and if we decide to have another child, grow up and we talk about to them their birth story like we'll never hold back no information no yeah maybe when they're like three or four (laughs) yeah too young to understand like what it all means for sure but yeah i just think well there's so much nuance to it right i put it to you this way i couldn't tell you how many times over the course of my pregnancy that went to term I was asked by a myriad of whether it was medical professionals, whether it was like the the gal doing my nails at the salon, whether it was like some random acquaintance. Even now people ask, oh, is this your first? Is this your first? How do you explain that? But it's like... First child? Yeah, but... So I just say, yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously, yeah. like, from a medical standpoint, they have to kind of know your history. So I fill them in there. But it it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's my third. Yeah. You know? And that's, like, so wild to think that because it's, like, <laughs> so much easier to just be like, yeah. Rather than being like, oh, it's my first that actually made it here. <laughs> that's probably why most people don't talk about any of it. It's just easier to just... Smile and nod. I guess so. Unfortunate, though. I do feel like the unfortunate part, at least for me, during a pregnancy after loss, was that I never felt settled. No, 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 you're right. You're right, because when we... Every ultrasound we went to, I was waiting for the ball to drop. Mm-hmm. Every time you went to a doctor's appointment, I was waiting for you to call with bad news. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me, but... No, that was like, 100%. Still, like, if you call me and I'm at work, I'm like, fuck, something's wrong. <laughs> and then you, you, I'm like, hello? And then you answer, I'm like, okay, nothing's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, I almost... And I almost feel like, truly, I don't know that I really ever felt super attached to the pregnancy because I was always on, like, the defensive. Of... And you didn't get to enjoy it. 
oh no well i mean this uh, i mean we'll get into all of that later but yeah. uh you know in another episode but yeah aside from like the actual physical ailment and sickness of it all in terms of enjoyment yeah but from a mental perspective i just was constantly like i remember there was one point where um you know, further down the line, close, you know, I think it was in January, I want to say, and obviously Colton was born in February. So, you know, my mom had said, oh my God, you, you, you've dropped, which is like, you know, code for, oh, they're, they're on their way. Right. And I was like, it's too early. Like I was so worried about him making it full term to be as healthy as he possibly could be. And I, like she said, even though every time we went to an appointment, it was like, things are looking good. Things are looking good. He's ginormous. He's he's enormous. Um, yeah. And, and it didn't matter. It did not matter to Mm -hmm. me because I wasn't going to believe it until he was here. At least that was my experience. And I think part of me wonders, like if I could have just like chilled like could i have just chilled and like actually enjoyed it you and chilling <laughs> and that's what i was about to say is i don't think it was possible <laughs> i don't think it was possible because i, I th- didn't even chill and i'm like the most chill person you know <laughs> no because like like we've said the first two times did not go well they went the opposite of well. Yeah. They went down the well. <laughs> and Lassie did not tell us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that was such an interesting experience of trying to be happy and hopeful and joyful and optimistic and knowing that literally at any moment it could all go away yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. I mean not the way to live either but it's the unfortunate reality of it right right and I you know one of the things too that I remember is you know people would ask oh like before before we knew um that it was a boy Mm -hmm. oh what what do you want what do you do you want a girl do you want a boy like fuck I just want him to get here yeah if this baby could get here, yeah. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> and I think that's such an interesting uh, perspective to have that I think maybe people who, and I could be wrong, but maybe people who haven't had that experience, haven't miscarried, haven't had a pregnancy loss, maybe they don't have that perspective or they are less likely to have that perspective because... You know, I think it can be easy to take for granted the fact that a, a baby arrives and, and that's all you know. You know, you don't know. You know. Some people never go through it. They have three, four kids, whatever. Some people don't even try to have a kid and have a kid. <laughs> Some people don't want kids and have kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, you know, cover, covered that a lot in therapy, honestly, because like you can't be mad about other people's no, you situations but then you <laughs> and your misfortune and you like, How the fuck is this fair i know and it's never fair no 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 so then you write articles about it and <laughs> hope for the best <laughs> get back in the saddle <laughs> and then try again and again 
and again and again and again and again and it doesn't work and then you say fuck it i'm gonna be drunk this whole summer and then three weeks later you're (laughs) knocked the fuck up god damn so you gotta not not try because if you try it doesn't work i don't know that that's true i don't know that that's true i just know that i had a plan and the plan did not go as planned and with but that, it did go as planned, but not as planned. Not when it was planned. <laughs> <laughs> I had my summer ready. It was gonna be, it was gonna be a hot girl, wasted girl summer, and then it wasn't. You were wasted on hormones. <laughs> okay, well we'll get into that another time. <laughs> so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hopefully you're not too depressed after this one. It was, it wasn't gonna be fun, but it needed to be had. The conversation uh, sure well it sets us up it, de- we it did ha- need in- to be talked about because the whole time we're sitting here telling that people need to talk about it so it did need to be talked about well and if you're going to come along this journey with us yeah of raising hail we have to start at the inception which is that that's the origin story yeah so next up next time we're talking about next time on raising. <laughs> we're talking about the ra- the rainbow, the rainbow baby the at the end of the <laughs> the little gingy. Little ginger snap. And that's uh, onward and upward. I always say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now let me go book another appointment with my therapist to talk about this a little <laughs> further and debrief. As always, we'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share this with anybody you think might find it interesting. We appreciate your support. Feel free to leave us a review. Tell us what you thought. And we will see you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Raising Hail. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you don't miss a minute of this literal debauchery. The intro to this podcast is made possible by our talented producer, Sydney Shamandel. You can learn more about working with them by visiting www.sydneyshamandel.ca, that's spelled S-Y-D-N-E-Y-S-U-M-A-N-D-L.ca. Our music, Stylish Sex Guitar, is provided by Audio Green via Audio Jungle. And hey, if you enjoyed listening, we'd appreciate a review or recommendation. The more, the merrier, we always say. Until next time.